Today, you will learn the importance of praying for your leaders. It's time for The Line of Fire with your host, activist, author, international speaker, and theologian, Dr. Michael Brown, your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. Michael Brown is the director of the Coalition of Conscience and president of Fire School of Ministry. Get into The Line of Fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Thanks, friends, for joining us on The Line of Fire. We continue with a series of special broadcasts all this week while I am in India. If there are major things happening in the news that I'm commenting on, it'll be in article form rather than on the radio this week. Uh, Thursday will be Thoroughly Jewish. Thursday, I believe, will open up some really important teaching for you about some major doctrinal errors. Friday, we'll be answering your questions as always. But each day so far this week, Monday, Tuesday, now Wednesday, really been praying and asking the Lord, what, what can I speak about? What can I talk with you about in the context of radio that, that will be a lasting deposit in your lives? And I was reminded while looking through some notes uh, about a message I preached years back, and I had been very reluctant to preach it. And the Lord dealt with me about this, namely the call to pray for leaders. And it, it felt to me as if there was something selfish about it, that I was drawing attention to me or what I was doing. And because in our community, at FIRE, my home community, we have quite a few leaders who are out on the field all the time. We have a pastor and, and elders shepherding the flock, but, but for the most part, the other leaders are out on the road and rarely there on Sundays. And so I didn't want to call attention or pray for me as if that's more important than praying for the others or whatever the reasons were. I just have not asked for it as much as I should. And the Lord really dealt with me about it from the writings of Paul and helped me to understand why this was so important, not for me, but for the Lord's work and for, for, for each of you. So I think you'll find this really helpful. It's been quite a while since I've talked about this on radio. And even for me, I am refreshed, renewed, reignited by this teaching to share it with others. Let me read a verse to you from Romans, the 15th chapter. Romans 15, and Paul there is calling for prayer. And look at what he says. Romans 15, beginning in verse 30. He says, Now I appeal to you, brothers, through our Lord Jesus the Messiah, and through the love of the Spirit, to join with me in fervent prayers to God on my behalf. Pray that I may be rescued from the unbelievers in Judea, that the gift that I am bringing to Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints, and that by God's will I may come to you with joy and be refreshed together with you. Pray, join with me in fervent prayers. And and he says this, this is, this is how you can join with me, as some translations would say, join with me in my struggle by praying for me. Paul calls for this over and over and over. Second uh, Corinthians, Second Corinthians chapter 1, Paul's talking about being delivered from death. And he says this, verse 10, he has delivered us from such a terrible death and he will deliver us. We have put our hope in him that he will deliver us again while you join in helping us by your prayers. Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gift that came to us through the prayers of many. I've been delivered from death. 
I've been delivered from situations that should have been fatal. Some years ago, I almost choked to death. I was found unconscious on the side of the road. It was Super Bowl Sunday of 2002. That's, that's another story entirely. But I, sh- I should have died. When I described to a friend of mine who had worked for years as an emergency room doctor, everything that happened to me bodily, he said, oh, you were, you were seconds from death or an inch from death. The most terrifying experience I ever, ever went through. Nothing compares to it in terms of terror. God delivered me. Should have been dead. Well, you know, that night, there was a godly woman, part of our leadership team, the wife of one of our leaders, an intercessor. And she got this tremendous burden, called her friends and said, pray for Mike. There's a death assignment against him. And in other words, there's been some demonic power assigned to try to take me out. And she just got that burden to pray. Now, I didn't, I didn't know about that until afterwards. And she didn't know anything that happened until afterwards. But, but when I shared with it and her husband told her what happened, he immediately said, she, she called for prayer for you, emergency prayer last night. It was out of the blue. I've been delivered from death by the prayers of God's people. And I've said this many a time. I have a lot of opposition. A lot of people hate me. People curse me. There's spiritual junk that comes against me. And yet, for the most part, my, my life is, is really lived above that. Yeah, I, I know what it is to be in warfare, but, but I've had past times in my life that were much more difficult. The trials much more intense. It seemed that it was much heavier sledding, just walking through slog and just oh, to make any spiritual progress. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You're living in the midst of it. I don't live like that. I feel like I've been given wings to, to fly above most of the opposition, it's not because I'm this super spiritual, the godliest man on the planet. It, it's, it's because of God's grace and your prayers. I, I, I know a lot of people pray for me and I know it makes a difference. Some other verses we'll read to you, but let me, let me read what Charles Spurgeon said, commenting on 1 Thessalonians 5.25, brethren, pray for us. Listen to what Spurgeon said. This one morning in the year, we reserved to refresh the reader's memory upon the subject of prayer for ministries. And we do most earnestly implore every Christian household to grant the fervent request of the text first uttered by an apostle and now repeated by us. Listen to what Spurgeon said. Brethren, our work is solemnly momentous, involving wheel or woe, so blessing or curse, to thousands. We treat with souls for God on eternal business. And our word is either a savor of life unto life or of death unto death. A very heavy responsibility rests upon us, Spurgeon said. And it will be no small mercy if at the last we be found clear of the blood of all men. He says this, as officers in Christ's army, We are the especial mark of the enmity of men and devils. They watch for our halting and labor to take us by the heels. Our sacred calling involves us in temptations from which you are exempt. Above all, it too often draws us away from our personal enjoyment of truth into a ministerial and official consideration of it. In other words, instead of just enjoying the word and meeting with God, you're wrestling with dealing with objections to the text or how to minister this message effectively or how to pray for the needs of others as opposed to just enjoying the Lord. We meet with many naughty cases and our wits are at a nonplus. 
we observe very sad backslidings and our hearts are wounded. We see millions perishing and our spirits sink. We wish to profit you by our preaching. We desire to be blessed to your children. We long to be useful to both saints and sinners. Therefore, dear friends, intercede for us with our God. Miserable men are we if we miss the aid of your prayers, but happy are we if we live in your supplications. He says, you do not look to us, but to our master for spiritual blessings. And yet how many times has he given those blessings through his ministers? Ask then again and again that we may be the earthen vessels into which the Lord may put the treasure of the gospel. We, the whole company of missionaries, ministers, city missionaries, and students do in the name of Jesus beseech you, brethren, pray for us. Uh, Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6. Look at what Paul writes there in verses 19 and 20. Ephesians 6, 19 and 20. Pray also for me, after he's asked them to pray for other things, that the message may be given to me when I open my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. For this I'm an ambassador in chains. Pray that I might be bold enough in him to speak as I should. This is Paul asking for prayer to be bold. You think who on earth was going to be more bold than Paul? Yet he knew there was spiritual opposition. He knew he was dependent on God's help. And this is the way God sets it up, that he works with us. He doesn't just do it by himself. He works with us. He's called us to fulfill the Great Commission. He doesn't just act at certain times. He calls us to pray, and then he responds to our praying. So this is how we help one another. Now, again, for, for years, despite Paul calling for prayer and these other verses calling for prayer, I, I was reluctant to call for prayer for myself. I would do it here and there, but but not as needed, not as merited. And I got this analogy. It seemed helpful in my own mind. Let's say that you are part of the army serving overseas in battlegrounds and you and your group, you get you get trapped behind enemy lines. And there's no way to notify others where you are. And by yourself, you can't get out. All you can do is is hide and wait for reinforcements to come. But they don't know where you are. Somebody, some bold, courageous soldier who may die in the process has to risk their life. This person is going to try to secretly get through enemy lines to get to a place of communication to notify the rest of your band, the rest of your troops where you are so they can come and rescue you. And before he leaves on his mission, he says, pray for me. Now, is that about him? Pray for me that I will be. No, it's not, it's not about him. It's, it's to save the others. If he doesn't make it, everybody's going to die. If he can't get through enemy lines to notify your comrades, everybody's going to die. So it's a risky mission. It's a difficult mission. He says, pray for me. It's not selfish. He's giving his life for the cause. It's for others. That really helped me to understand. Yeah, I knew it already, but it was the reminder. I'm not doing what I'm doing for me. If I'm debating someone, I say, hey, pray as I debate this rabbi. It's not pray that I'll look good. Pray that everyone will know the name of Mike Brown. Pray. No, no. Rather, it's pray that the name of Jesus will be exalted. Pray that Jewish souls will be led to Yeshua. Pray that eyes will be open. I'm, I'm just the servant. I'm just the vessel. 
The same way with your pastor, same way with your spiritual leaders, same way with ministries you support. They're, they're the delivery boys. They're, they're the ones serving. So if the pastor's saying, I've got a really weighty message to bring next Sunday, pray for me. He's not asking for prayer that I'll have a great week, fun week, that he'll really be excited about. No, he's, he's asking for prayer because he knows that the well-being of the congregation is dependent on this message. And he really needs to, to, to hear God and have God's heart and deliver it with sensitivity. I'm going to give you a number of, of strong encouragements from the word to pray for leaders and, and some reasons to pray that I think will help you. So I'm not being selfish right now as I'm ministering in India all this week. Please pray for me. Please pray for me. Because I, I want my brothers and sisters in India to be greatly helped and encouraged and strengthened of my time together with them. All right, we will be right back. Don't go anywhere. More to come. It's The Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Friends, this is one of the most important things you can do. Pray for your leaders. Sure, we pray for political leaders, for the president. We pray for the Supreme Court justices. But pray for your spiritual leaders. And not just pastor of your congregation or leader of your, your home group, but also national leaders. We really covet your prayers, and your prayers make a massive, massive difference. I want to open up the scriptures and, and give you some scriptural reasoning that I think will, will really help you develop a habit of praying for your leaders. I remember, oh, when was it? Just trying to place the situation. So it would have been in the mid-1980s. Uh, there was a midweek service, but I stayed home that night. And Nancy went there and the pastor was a friend of ours, small congregation. He just, he said, we all got to pray for Mike right now. He's just going through something. We got to pray for Mike. Well, I was at home and I got hit with the most intense spiritual attack and just very disorienting and, 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 um, and then, you know, lifted and what happened? Oh, they've prayed for me. People prayed for me. That's how I came into the kingdom. People prayed for me. Early this year, we were hanging out with some old friends on Long Island and filming some material just for kind of documentary testimony purposes. And this woman, a couple of years younger than Nancy and me, she was in the church. We got saved, raised in the faith. Her dad was the pastor. She said, yeah, when I came to the service the first time, you know, just lost in sin and, and what, maybe she was 14, I was 16. She said, they just started praying for me all the time. Prayer meetings, they were praying for me. Meetings in the house, they were just, people were just praying for me. God started convicting me of my sin and then gloriously saved me. Your prayers really make a tremendous difference, more than you could realize. And for some, it's a real burden and, and you just get alone and you pray for long periods of time for your leaders and you're a godsend. You're a godsend. You're a godsend. Others, you just remember on a daily basis, a weekly basis to lift up a prayer. Keep doing it, friends. Keep doing it. Let me give you some reasons. Let me give you some reasons. One, leaders have a special responsibility before God and man. We'll be judged more strictly and more is expected from us. Too much is given, much is required. So there, there's a weight on us. You know, when I answer your Bible questions on Friday or other days, I never do it lightly. I enjoy it. I love the show. But I never do it in, in some flippant way 
Oh, these are weighty issues. These are major issues. This could be the difference between life and death. And, and I don't want to mislead you. I don't want to misguide you. I want to help you, not hurt you. Look, if, if you were calling, let's say I was a nutritional doctor, and you were calling Dr. Brown and asking about nutrition, and you said, you know, I've got this serious condition, I've had it for X number of years, and my diet's lousy, and thinking maybe if I change my diet, it might make a difference. And I, and I know as a nutritional doctor, it's a hypothetical, I know as a nutritional doctor that you're killing yourself with your diet, and that if you'll make this dramatic change, it could add 10, 20, 30 years to your life. And I'm like, yeah, it doesn't really, yeah, whatever. You, which, come on, just enjoy your meals. It doesn't really matter. Well, I, I'm now put a death sentence on you. I, I've, I've hurt you. What's well, the same with the gospel, friends? There's heresy out there. there. There's deception out there. And we who are shepherds, we who are teachers, we who are leaders want to do our best to help ground you in truth, help sound the alarm against deception and error. We'll do it in different ways. Sometimes the best way to expose error is by teaching the truth and pointing to the truth. Sometimes it's by naming names. Sometimes it's being with specific examples. These are weighty things. None of this is done lightly. So we bear a certain responsibility. And here, think, think of this. Think of when you have a friend, or maybe you've had this yourself, you're going for serious surgery. And they say, this is, this is really dangerous surgery. I mean, the, 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 the surgeon gets one thing wrong, moves a millimeter in the wrong direction. You could bleed out. You could die. Well, you're saying, hey, pray for the guy, the, God, God, the surgeon's hands. You're really, you know, that's not some lightweight thing. And you don't, you don't want the surgeon to say, you know, I got to hurry because I got a golf appointment. No, it's, this is your focus right now. This, this is my life. Well, we're talking about spiritual life. We're talking about life and death issues in that respect. Someone's going to evangelize, share the gospel with people who've never heard before. This, ma this major, these are eternal souls. So that, that's one big reason that, that we ask for prayer is because we have a responsibility. Now, it again goes to you. If, if you are depending on someone for food preparation in an exotic location, and the cook has to know exactly how to get the poisons out of the food you're going to eat, and if, if he does it well, it's nourishing. If he doesn't do it well, you can get food poisoning or die. You want them to get that right. Well, there are people that are feeding you and helping you and equipping you and instructing you and serving you. You, you want them to get it right. So that's a big reason to pray for us. Here's, a, here's another. The successors, excuse me, the successes and failures of leaders have, have a ripple effect on, on many lives. If, if we're thriving, others will thrive. If we fail, others We'll be hurt. Uh, let's, let's think of a major, well, I'm not going to mention a name because what I'm going to say is, is a negative scenario. Take a major defender of the faith. Someone who's been greatly used debating atheists and skeptics and mockers. And, and this person's debates have ministered richly to you. And their books have, have built courage and faith in you. And because they are such experts and they are such terrific scholars and, and they present themselves so well that even though you can't argue the position the way they do, you have confidence because you got your champion out there. You got your gladiator out there, metaphorically speaking. What would happen if, God forbid, they announce I've lost my faith? You know, all the years, the arguments I was giving, I got to admit they were hollow. And I knew deep down inside they were 
they were hollow. And, you know, I, I don't believe any of this. I tried, I tried to prop it up, but I don't believe any of it. You realize what the ripple effect would be if that person, you know, had this change of heart and mind and now was even lying to themselves about never believing it was true. And the ripple effect of that, we've had it for years now with well-known leaders. I'm not throwing stones on them. I'm not condemning them. With well-known leaders who had major, major falls, sexual failings and other failings. And it has a negative ripple effect. Here, maybe a lot of people look to you. What would happen if you messed up? Mom, dad, what would happen to your kids if you had a serious failure or, or lost your faith? What would happen to them? By God's grace, I, I reach and influence a lot of people. What if something, God forbid, happened to me? You, you think there's a negative ripple effect. So that's another reason to pray for leaders. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm thriving in the Lord and blessed and enjoying him and 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 taking very seriously the commission he's given to me, but I stand by grace. Your prayers help me, strengthen me. Now, I'm not going out and backsliding if you stop praying for me, but I'm telling you, your prayers help me stand strong. Your prayers help me overcome. Your, your prayers open doors for us to speak to more and more people. So I was in one particular state some years ago. That state was also famous for one of its gospel preachers who had a major, major ministry internationally. And he was a strong holiness preacher. I was talking to a pastor of a thriving church. If my memory serves me right at that point, they had over 1500 members. But the extraordinary thing I was told was this guy, very humble guy, you'd never know it. He was an amazing soul winner. And friends of his told me the majority of the people in the church, he personally led to the Lord. That they were there primarily because he had led them to Jesus personally through his witness. Quite amazing. So he lived in the same state with this famous preacher, holiness message. And this preacher was exposed for being in serious sexual sin. And he publicly repented with many, many tears and asked for forgiveness. And this pastor said to me, you know, it, it, was, it was harder for us to preach the gospel after that in our town. Uh, people listened to us but it was harder. He said, I found it harder to share the gospel with individuals because they were skeptical of all of us because of him. He said, but we could still get the message out. Well, then it happened again. He was caught in serious sexual sin a second time. After which the pastor said to me, I couldn't talk to anybody about Jesus. The moment I talked to them about Jesus, they said, oh, that's what that guy believes. Oh, you're just like that preacher. Again, I don't say this to condemn. My heart is always to see grace and mercy and restoration and forgiveness. But there are consequences. There, there are more consequences when a public figure falls. There are more consequences for a congregation if, if a pastor goes into deception than, say, if one of the ushers goes into deception. There's more effect on a denomination if the denominational head uh, is, is caught in, in serious financial fraud than if uh, a new church planter is caught in that same fraud. So to the extent that we have responsibility, to the extent that we have, quote, following, although our goal is to direct everyone to Jesus, to the extent that we're responsible for the funds that you put in our hands, we really need prayer. So it's, it's not for our success, it's for the reputation of Jesus. It's not for our comfort, it's for your good. Let me read a couple of other verses Paul in Philippians 1, 
verse 19, as he's saying, I don't know if I'm going to live or die. He says, but, but I rejoice because I know this ultimately my situation will lead to my deliverance through your prayers and help from the spirit of Jesus Christ. What does he say in Colossians chapter four, Colossians, the fourth chapter at the same time, as Paul's talking about prayer in their own lives, pray also for us that God may open a door to us for the message to speak the mystery of the Messiah for which I'm in prison. Would you, would you pray that for me as well? That God would open up a greater door for us to get the message of the Messiah out to more and more people? That God would amplify my voice to the extent that I'm representing his voice? Would you pray that? Would you pray that God would be with us in such a way that the world would see it? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We'll be right back. It's the Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get into the Line of Fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Listen to what Paul wrote, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1. Finally, brothers, brothers and sisters, pray for us that the Lord's message may spread rapidly and be honored just as it was with you. Michael Brown, welcome to the Line of Fire We've got some special broadcasts for you all this week as I'm in India. We've got a great show for tomorrow on Thoroughly Jewish Thursday and then your questions again on Friday. Today, we're talking about the call to pray for leaders. And I appeal to all of you, don't say, well, this is not for me. It's not about me. It's not going to help me. This is about others. Don't have that attitude. Number one, it's unchristlike. It's very selfish. Number two, if you pray for leaders, it'll help you. The stronger we are, the stronger you can be. The better we can serve you, the more you can be blessed. The more effectively we can do God's work, the more you will rejoice. That's why Paul again and again and again, even though he was a prayer warrior himself, you read from his letters, all the praying he did for this one, for that one, never ceasing and stopping. And prayers. He, was, he was a walking prayer in that respect. The psalmist says at one point, Anit which in Hebrew is literally, and I am prayer. I am a prayer. My whole life, I am just a prayer. My whole life is a prayer going up to God. That's how Paul was. And yet he constantly asked for prayer, asked for prayer, knowing that God sets up things up in the body that we help one another. Hey, I'm on the air with your help. Without your financial help, we couldn't be on the air. I don't have the resources to pay for it. None of my team has the resources to pay for it. But through enough of you giving, we're able to be on the air. When I go to a country like India, I don't personally have the resources every year to, to do that. We're in ministry. The resources that come in go, go right back out. But you give and you help and support, that enables us to do it. That enables us to do the work. The same thing with prayer. Your prayers carry us, equip us, enable us, strengthen us. And that's why Paul, mighty apostle Paul, is constantly asking for prayer. Let me give you some constructive reasons why we covet your prayers, why I'm asking you to pray for me. We are uniquely targets of the devil. Since he knows that if he can get to us, he can get to you, thereby hindering or even temporarily thwarting God's work, ultimately bringing reproach on the name of Jesus. 
So yeah, all of us are targets of the devil, but some of us are more uniquely targets than ever before. Let me tell you this. If you've been living a complacent, compromised life, you are not in the devil's crosshair so much. You start to really go after the Lord. You start to really pray. You start to really stand for righteousness. You start to really preach the gospel. You'll, you'll find out there's a real devil out there. Yes, you will. I've, I've told people something this simple. Try to double your prayer life. You pray 10 minutes a day, try to pray in a quality way 20 minutes a day. You pray a half hour a day, try to pray an hour a day. Pray an hour a day, try to pray two, two hours a day. You'll find out there's a real devil. I mean, just the opposition and the things that will happen and come up, you think, where in the world is this coming from? And you, and you realize, ah, I'm onto something. I'm onto something. So in the same way, those who've been called as leaders, the devil wants to take out. So we are uniquely targets of, of the devil. I want to see if I can just find a file here quickly where I just jot down, if I happen to see the latest attack against me on, on social media, you know, a, a website attacking me or, or, you know, a new video attacking me or a comment, I'll, I'll just jot it down for, for personal encouragement. I'll just take it and copy it into a file. And it's just a reminder to me that, that I'm doing the right thing. Now, if I ever messed up, if I said something wrong, if, if, if I uh, was short-tempered or acted in an inappropriate way you know, on, on the radio, got nasty with someone, I'd, I'd be grieving over that. And if people spoke against it, I'd be brokenhearted over it and asking for forgiveness publicly and seeking to demonstrate the fruits of true repentance. But I'm talking about being attacked for, for righteousness. So here, I'm, I'm looking and I'm, I'm scrolling down comments, okay? So I'm just scrolling here with my mouse. And as I, I'm scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, each of these is a file. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. I, I've been scrolling for a long, long time. In fact, I'm trying to speed up the scrolling and I'm barely even halfway down the list here. And these are just the ones I happen to, to see. Oh, let's just see here. False prophet, vampires like me, poison to the faith, needs lobotomy. Too egotistical, as ag ignorant as blank, should shut my Jewish mouth. Lying white man, Dr. Cornball Brown, beware of Michael Brown, a moron for not believing whatever. Uh, it's a hater and idiot. Typical Southern hit, typical Southern hit preacher. Wow, okay. Doctor, can't repeat that one. And I need to seek treatment. Doctor of fantasy. Now, each of these has, it's just like the heading, each of these has a whole description. Uh, Ayatollah Khamenei is closer to Jesus than me. I'm a fake believer, a false preacher, a racist, a lying Christard, a snake, and Charlotte. And all, <laughs> this, is, this is what comes my way, literally by the minute, online, in other ways. So there, there's a lot of junk coming against me, which means a lot of people that hate me, which means that, that I'm uniquely a target of the devil, as are many, 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 many others. I'm just sharing my own heart, my own life. So your prayers help, help build that shield. Your, your, your prayers help push back the attacks of enemy. Your, your prayers help in weak moments and difficult moments to, to carry us over. So that's another reason to pray. Pray for your pastors. I know I've been talking about me to illustrate this. Pray for your pastors. Look, if you prayed for them more and you criticized them, they'd do better. They really would. Pray for them. Think, well, I just am not happy with it. Then pray the good things for them. Lord, strengthen them. Lord, draw them closer to, the, to you. Not, not attacking prayers, good prayers. Pray. If you see something wrong with somebody, if you see something wrong with me, then pray good prayers for me. 
You, you think I don't walk in wisdom. Lord, help Dr. Brown to walk in greater wisdom. Help Mike to walk in greater wisdom. You think I'm not loving. Lord, fill him with your love. Well, whatever it is, pray positive prayers where you see people. I can pray for your leaders. As Paul appealed over and again, I'm, I'm appealing as well. Number four, we, we face unique attacks and pressure since we not only carry the burden of our own lives, but also the burdens of the flock and of the world. Yeah, life itself can be tough. You know, the thing is a single person, you got enough to deal with, and a married person, then a married person with kids, and I'll picture you got a flock. Picture you got a congregation of 500 people. Picture you have thousands of people looking at you every day. That's, that's another burden to carry. You're not just dealing with your own needs, needs of your immediate friends, but you're getting a flood of requests and needs coming your way that are more than any human being can handle. So your prayers now were, it's not superstar Mike Brown, superstar Pastor Smith, superstar evangelist Jones. Very creative, right? Smith, Brown, Jones, very creative names. But you get what I'm saying. It's, no, no, it, it's all of us together carrying this. And this is how you help. You bear our burdens with your prayers. You can join us in our struggle by praying for us. Peter made it because Jesus prayed for him, Luke 22. Verses 31 and 32. Then he was delivered from prison because the church prayed. Acts 12, 1 through 18. And Paul knew that his welfare was greatly dependent on the prayers of the saints. We've quoted some of these verses to you. One commentary, Exposes Bible commentary to 1 Thessalonians 5, 25. Paul depended on his converts' spiritual support. When he wrote, brothers and sisters, pray for us. Paul depended on his converts' spiritual support. Support. So I, I depend on your support. Now, when I'm alone with God, it's God and me. When I'm out ministering and preaching, I'm conscious of the Lord with me. When I'm sitting down to write an article, I'm, I'm focused on, on the Lord with me, but I'm fully, fully aware that I'm being helped by others. I'm fully aware that there's somebody praying for me to give a moment. How many times have, have you been burdened to pray for someone? Maybe it's never happened to you, but I'm sure for others it has. You just felt burdened to pray. You didn't know why you felt burdened to pray for someone. And then you contacted them afterwards and they said, oh, thank you for praying. I was going through hell. It was like the worst situation ever. Uh, I was reading in Lee Strobel's Case for Miracles that I've referenced a few times on the air. Really enjoyed it. That one day he and his wife got a very distinct burden to send, I don't know, $500, to a woman they knew they got a very distinct burden to send her that money. The day it arrived was the day that some major issue happened, I think, with her car. And it was for that exact, whatever the amount was they sent her, the bill, and she didn't have a dime of it. The bill was for that exact amount. And she came over to their home. She had no idea they had sent the check because they did it anonymously, how they got her the money. She had no idea they sent the check. But she's rejoicing. The Lord provided. I had this, let's say it was $638. And they sent her a check for $638. So they just smiled. The Lord did it to them. They never, they never told her it was, it, it was them. But that's a physical, tangible example with giving. The same thing happens with praying. You just feel burdened to pray. I don't know why. And I've done it not knowing anything, just intensely burdened to pray for someone. And then find out later that that was corresponding to a real difficult time, a dark time, a challenging time in, in their lives. Another reason to pray for leaders. It's not selfish for leaders to act, ask for prayer. It's a confession 
of our own frailty and a recognition of the need for the support of the whole body. And although leadership requests for prayer can at times be motivated by pride and a sense of self-importance, it's certainly prideful for any of us to think that we don't need your prayers. So again, this is not selfish. I used to think of it as if it was, as if I'm asking for prayer for me, prayer for me, prayer. I'm more important important than everybody. I need prayer. It's like, no, no, the opposite. I'm as frail as anyone without God's grace. That's one. Two, I'm on a mission to help you here. Why am I on the radio now? Why am I on the radio? I'm on the radio for you, right? And why are you listening? For you. You're not listening to make me feel better. I'll listen to Dr. Brown so his ego will be stronger together. It's just stronger to get stronger today. <clears throat> Words are not flowing out perfectly. And then no, I'm on the radio for you. And you're listening for you, right? So when you pray for me, it's blessing you. If you're praying that the shows will be anointed and powerful and, and, and cutting edge and important and will, will really serve as your voice of moral, spiritual, and cultural revolution, well, I'm blessed by, I'm blessed by fulfilling the mission. That's what blesses me, fulfilling the mission to see you blessed. That's success. Your pastor's blessed when you're thriving. Your pastor's blessed when you're spiritually healthy. Your pastor's truly blessed, not just with big crowds or lots of money or prestige. He's blessed when the flock is healthy, a true shepherd, a loving shepherd. That's what motivates him, the health of the flock. So pray for your leaders. Pray for us. Your prayers make a difference. And if, if you feel intensely burdened to pray for someone, you have no idea why, you don't need to know why. Just cry out however you feel led. It literally may be a life-saving prayer that you utter at that very time. So, got a few more thoughts for you that will encourage you to pray for your leaders. It's one of the most important things you can do. It really, really is. We'll be right back. It's The Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown, your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Let me read to you from Hebrews, the 13th chapter. Hebrews chapter 13, welcome to The Line of Fire. Michael Brown, blessed and delighted to be with you. Some special broadcasts coming your way as I am in India the entire week. Paul's words, Hebrews 13, 18. Pray for us. Pray for us, for we are convinced that we have a clear conscience wanting to conduct ourselves honorably in everything. And I especially urge you to pray that I may be restored to you very soon. As some believe Paul wrote Hebrews. We don't know who wrote Hebrews, actually. So whoever wrote it was in prison and wanted to be restored. Pray for us, for we are convinced that we have a clear conscience wanting to conduct ourselves honorably in everything. So in other words, we're, we're walking righteously. We're walking honestly before the Lord. We're worthy of your prayer. We're not here to steal your money. We're not here to, to take your possessions. We're not here to manipulate you and use you. So therefore, pray for us. And, and he's saying, pray for me, whoever wrote Hebrews. Pray for me that I can be restored to you soon. Paul constantly asking for prayer in the New Testament. I'll, I'll give you one more example. From Philemon, from the little book of Philemon, there's a call for prayer. Yeah, I mean, it's in one letter after another. Paul praying, praying, praying for the flock, for individuals, but then asking for prayer. He says, prepare a guest room for me, for I hope that through your prayers, I'll be restored to you. Similar language, what we saw in Hebrews 13. Words, Paul's in prison. Pray for me that I'll be restored. Yeah, 
So a prayer and intercession help put up a shield of protection around leaders. Your prayers may be the key to weakening a fierce attack or revealing an ambush. In the early 1980s, there was a friend over at our house. He and his wife came over for dinner. He was a very prayerful guy, very devoted to the Lord. And we were praying together. The, the, the ladies were upstairs doing something, our wives, and we were praying together for a little while. And when we finished praying, he, he looked shocked, scared, devastated, just this kind of wild-eyed look. I said, what happened, man? What happened? And he said, I just saw some real demonic attacks, like a lion or a bear just attacked, and you just, you got knocked down. You were hurt badly. So that, is this a real heavy attack coming against you? And I just, ah, whatever. I'm not going to worry about it. That was my non-realistic optimism as opposed to the realistic optimism that I live in all the time. That was a bit of wishful thinking. Well, when the four of us were together, he then told Nancy what he saw, and she is the ultimate realist, and she is one that recognizes the reality of warnings. And she immediately probed and asked, and we went to serious prayer and really prayed and really prayed. And let me tell you, not long after that, one of the worst attacks in my life came. I mean, the enemy really came against us from the outside, and even with people close to us. It, it was ugly, but I came through it. I believe much better than I would have if not for the prayer, if not for the intercession. Friend, these are just spiritual realities. These are spiritual realities, friend. They are. I've seen it praying for others. Uh, your prayers help hold up our hands. Exodus 17, 8 through 13. You know the account Joshua's fighting the Amalekites and Moses is standing up on a hill when he holds his hand up, holds the rod, God up. The Israelites prevail, but after a while, his arms get tired and goes down and the Israelites start to lose. So Aaron and Hur stand on either side of him. He's sitting on a rock and they hold his hands up. Okay, now, so he's, he's holding the rod up with two hands. They, they're winning and his hands get, no, his hands don't get tired because they're standing next to him holding his hands up. Yeah, your prayers literally do that. Uh, those of you that work out, lift weights, you can relate to this. I can't, can't put. And then guy who come, you know, your spotter, your trainer, a friend there, and, and they'll, they'll just help that bar up. It's like, I can't do any, it. And, and you get it up. And you know, what's amazing. You know, it's amazing in your mind. You didn't do anything at the end. You were barely pushing. They were doing oh, every lift. And they tell you, oh, no, no. I just had one finger on either side. I've done that for people like, man, I had nothing left. This is actually, it was all you. I just had one finger on either side helping. But that one finger on either side made a massive difference. And, and here, when you literally have nothing left, someone holds your hands up. When you pray for your leaders, you hold their hands up. It, it helps bring victory to the whole camp. Your prayers help cover our families. Your prayers inspire us to greater service, greater devotion, greater purity. And don't just pray for leaders, pray for their spouses. Pray for their spouses. Many times the man of God gets all the prayer and the wife comes under heavy attack and gets very little prayer. Pray for our spouses. And, and if, if I could ask for prayer in a specific way, if, if you'll allow me to do that, look, I'm, I'm called by God to be a, a human battering ram. It, it's, it's what I'm called to. Uh, breaking down resistance with my own life and serving as a lightning rod for attack and controversy. It's my calling. 
I thrive in it. I, I, I'm blessed to have this calling. I'm moved by God to walk in, the, in this reality. So, so pray for me as I confront strongholds, strongholds of abortion, strongholds of LGBT activism, strongholds of, of radical feminism, strongholds of atheism, strongholds of radical Islam, strongholds of Orthodox Judaism. Now, now I, I put a bunch of different things in the same category as strongholds. I'm not comparing each one to the other, God forbid. I'm not comparing Orthodox Judaism with radical Islam, for example. What I'm saying is th these are the kind of battles that, that we're called to face on a daily basis. There are countries I can't go to now because of stands that we've taken. Literally, I, I cannot get into certain countries because of stands that I've taken. And, and that's reality, friends. Plenty of doors are closed to me because of stands we've taken. I, I rejoice in that. Praise the Lord. It hurts me that I can't get certain places. I, I want to go and be a blessing to people there, but I'm, I'm rejoicing in the Lord for this calling. But your prayers really are so, so important. And, and <clears throat> when you are praying for those on the front lines, just understand that what we do is more magnified. That, you know, you grow up as children of pastors. It's, you're under a spotlight. And, you know, the kid comes in with a new hairdo that looks slightly worldly. The whole, oh, why is she wearing that hairdo? Some other kid walks in, nobody notices it. So you live in that fishbowl. And pastors have to deal with that. Their families have to deal with that. And what you do is going to be more scrutinized. Now, now let me say again, I, I rejoice in the calling. I'm glad to be a public figure. I, I'm called to be a voice. So I want to speak. I want to get a message out. But what we do is going to be scrutinized more. Now, I'm, I'm not concerned so much for me, but what about the reputation of the gospel associated with me? What about the reputation of the gospel in your community associated with your pastor? What about the reputation of the gospel associated with an international TV minister? How, how are their lives going to be watched? How are their words going to be parsed? You know, I'm a debater by nature, and Nancy and I have sharpened each other immeasurably in our critical thinking over the years. But as I'm writing something, as I'm preaching, I'm constantly thinking of what a counter argument would be, of how someone's going to try to rebut this, take it apart, refute it. So I, as I'm writing, I'm constantly seeking to overcome the objection that's coming and to Say, okay, this sentence is going to be misconstrued. Let me write it this particular way. A critic's going to grab this and try to misuse it. Now, it's just happening kind of instantly, you know, as it's processing and, and going on. Still, though, still, I am asking for prayer that the words I speak will glorify the Lord and not bring reproach, that they'll be full of truth and, and not mixed with human error, that, that there'll be God's insights and not my human opinions. I'm asking for your prayers and I'm asking you to pray for your leaders and to take heed to Paul's exhortation and other exhortations in the New Testament. Pray for us, pray for us, pray for us. It's the opposite of selfishness. It's for the glory of the Lord. It's for your good. And pray as I'm in India that I'll have words of life and encouragement for my friends here. They're, they're under a lot of persecution. I, I, I can't say more right now. When I come back, God willing, we'll give you a more full report. 
but they're under a lot of pressure. There's some fresh challenges, some lies being spread about the ministry we work with there. I, I know them very, very well. I know their integrity. And the enemy always tries to discredit. So they're under pressure now. And the enemy's going to try to use that to thwart what they're doing. So please pray for, for the ministry we work with in India. Again, I'll share more when we come back. Pray for grace on them. And, and if I could ask you for prayer one more time, pray for our ministry. I'm going to say this without shame. We need your help. We really are under more financial pressure than we should be. We are frugal. We don't step out unless there is a way to step out. However, in the midst of the challenges, we know that many of you have resources, that you're blessed by us. And the word of God does encourage that if we have been a blessing to you spiritually, that you stand with us naturally. And what we could use right now is, is or oh, even 20 or 30 of you that became monthly supporters, torchbearers today, that just, just that little boost will help us immeasurably. 20 or 30 of you saying, all right, count me in. Are, are we worth a dollar a day to you? Are we? Be a torchbearer. Sign up today. $1 a day or more, $30 or more per month. And we pour back into you with a new message every month, with access to online classes, with 15% discount in our online bookstore and, and special resources you have access to. We, we bless you in many, many ways, but you have the great blessing of standing with us and sharing and the reward of the gospel around the world. So take a moment now. Would you do that? Go to Ask Dr. Brown, askdrbrown.org. Click on Donate Monthly Support and pray for us. 